Chapter Thirteen of A Daughter of Today by Sarah Jeanette Duncan. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Bruce Peary. Janet Cardiff, running downstairs to the drawing room from the top story of the house in Kensington Square, with the knowledge that a new American girl who wrote very clever things about pictures awaited her there tried to remember just what sort of description john kendall had given of her visitor her recollection was vague as to detail she could not anticipate a single point with certainty perhaps because she had not paid particular attention at the time she had been given a distinct impression that she might expect to be interested however which accounted for her running downstairs nothing hastened janet cardiff's footsteps more than the prospect of anybody interesting she and her father declared that it was their great misfortune to be thoroughly respectable it cut them off from so much it was in particular the girl's complaint against their life that humanity as they knew it was rather a neutral tinted carefully woven fabric too largely machine-made as she told herself with a discontent which the various fellows of the royal society and members of the athenaeum club with whom the cardiffs were in the habit of dining could hardly have thought themselves capable of inspiring it seemed to janet that nobody crossed their path until his or her reputation was made and that by the time people had made their reputations they succumbed to them and became uninteresting she told herself at once that nothing kendall could have said would have prepared her for this american and that certainly nothing she had seen or read of other americans did elfrida was standing beside the open window looking out as janet came in a breeze wavered through and lifted the fluffy hair about her visitor's forehead and the scent of the growing things in the little square came with it into the room she turned slowly with grave wide eyes and a plaintive indrawing of her pretty underlip and held out three full-blown gracious marechal niel roses on long slender stems i have brought you these she said with a charming effect of simplicity to make me welcome there was no reason none whatever why i should be welcome so i made one you will not be angry perhaps janet banished her conventional very glad to see you instantly she took the roses with a quick thrill of pleasure afterwards she told herself that she was not touched not in the least she did not quite know why but she freely acknowledged that she was more than amused how charming of you she said but i have to thank you for coming as well now let us shake hands or we shan't feel properly acquainted janet detected a half-tone of patronage in her voice and fell into a rage with herself because of it she looked at elfrida to note a possible resentment but there was none if she had looked a trifle more sharply she might have observed a subtler patronage in the little smile her visitor received this commonplace with but like the other she was too much occupied in considering her personal effect she had become suddenly desirous that it should be a good one elfrida went on in the personal key 
i suppose you are very tired of hearing such things she said but i owe you so much this was not quite justifiable for miss cardiff was only a successful writer in the magazines whose name was very familiar to other people who wrote in them and had a pleasant association for the reading public it was by no means fame she would have been the first to laugh at the magniloquence of the word in any personal connection for her father she would accept a measure of it and only deplored that the lack of public interest in persian made the measure small she had never confessed to a soul how largely she herself was unacquainted with his books and how considerably her knowledge of her father's specialty was covered by the opinion that persian was a very decorative character she could not let elfrida suppose that she thought this anything but a politeness oh thanks impossible she cried gaily indeed i assure you it is months since i heard anything so agreeable which was also a departure from the strictest verity but truly i am afraid i am very clumsy elfrida added with a pretty dignity but i should like to assure you of that if you have allowed me to amuse you now and then for half an hour it has been very good of you janet returned looking at miss bell with rather more curious interest than she thought it polite to show it began to seem to her however that the conventional side of the occasion was not obvious from any point of view you are an american aren't you she asked mr kendall told me so i suppose one oughtn't to say that one would like to be an american but you have such a pull i know i should like living there elfrida gave herself the effect of considering the matter earnestly it flitted really over the surface of her mind which was engaged in absorbing janet and the room and the situation perhaps it is better to be born in america than in most places she said with a half glance at the prim square outside it gives you a point of view that is splendid in hesitating this way before her adjectives she always made her listeners doubly attentive to what she had to say and having been deprived of so much that you have over here we like england better perhaps when we get it than you do but nobody would live in constant deprivation no you wouldn't like living there except in new york and oh i should say santa barbara and new orleans perhaps the life over there is infernal you are like a shower-bath said janet to herself but the shower-bath had no palpable effect upon her what have we that is so important that you haven't got she asked quantities of things elfrida hesitated not absolutely sure of the wisdom of her example then she ventured it the picturesqueness of society your duchesses and your women in the greengrocers shops it was not wise she saw instantly really it is so difficult to understand that duchesses are interesting out of novels and the greengrocers wives are a good deal alike too aren't they 
it's the contrast you see our duchesses were greengrocers wives the day before yesterday and our greengrocers wives subscribe to the magazines it's all mixed up and there are no high lights anywhere you move before us in a sort of panoramic pageant elfrida went on determined to redeem her point with your queen and empress of india she ought to be riding on an elephant oughtn't she in front and all your princes and nobles with their swords drawn to protect her then your upper classes and your upper middle classes walking stiffly two and two and then your lower middle classes with large families dropping their h's and then your hideous people from the slums and besides she added with prettily repressed enthusiasm there is the shadowy procession of all the people that have gone before and we can see that you are a good deal like them though they are more interesting still it is very pictorial she stopped suddenly and consciously as if she had said too much and janet felt that she was suggestively apologized to doesn't the phenomenal squash make up for all that she asked it would to me i'm dying to see the phenomenal squash and the prodigious watermelon and-and the falls of niagara elfrida put in with the faintest turning down of the corners of her mouth i'm afraid our wonders are chiefly natural and largely vegetable as you say but they are wonders everything here has been measured so many times besides haven't you got the elevated railway and a statue of liberty and the Jeanne d'arc and w d howells to say nothing of a whole string of poets good gray poets that wear beards and laurels and fanciful young ones that dance in garlands on the back pages of the century oh i know them all the dear things and i'm quite sure their ideas are indigenous to the soil elfrida let her eyes tell her appreciation and also the fact that she would take courage that she was gaining confidence i'm glad you like them she said howells would do if he would stop writing about virtuous sewing girls and give us some real roman psychologique but he is too much afraid of soiling his hands that monsieur his bet humaines are always conventionalized and generally come out at the end wearing the halo of the redeemed he always reminds me of cruikshank's picture of the ghost being put out by the extinguisher in the christmas carol his genius is the ghost and conventionality is the extinguisher but it is genius so it's a pity it seems to me that howells deals honestly with his materials janet said instinctively stilling the jar of elfrida's regardless note she was so pretty this new creature and she had such original ways janet must let her talk about roman psychologique or worse things if she wanted to to me he has a tremendous appearance of sincerity psychological and other but do you know i don't think the english or american people are exactly calculated to offer the sort of material you mean 
the bete is too conscious of his moral fibre when he's respectable and when he isn't respectable he doesn't commit picturesque crimes he steals and boozes i dare say he is bestial enough but pure unrelieved filth can't be transmuted into literature and as a people we're perfectly devoid of that extraordinary artistic nature that it makes such a foil for in the latins that is really the only excuse the naturalists have excuse elfrida repeated with a bewildered look you had wainwright she added hastily nous nous en félicitons we've got him still in madame tussaud's cried janet he poisoned for money in cold blood not exactly an artistic vice oh, he won't do she laughed triumphantly if he did write charming things about the renaissance besides he illustrates my case amongst us he was a phenomenon like the elephant-headed man phenomena are for the scientists you don't mean to tell me that any fiction that pretends to call itself artistic has a right to touch them by this time they had absolutely forgotten that up to twenty minutes ago they had never seen each other before already they had mutely and consciously begun to rejoice that they had come together already each of them promised herself the exploration of the other's nature with the preliminary idea that it would be a satisfying at least an interesting process the impulse made elfrida almost natural and janet perceived this with quick self-congratulation already she had made up her mind that this manner was a pretty mask which it would be her business to remove but but you're not in it elfrida returned pardon me but you're not there you know art has no ideal but truth and to conventionalize truth is to damn it in the most commonplace material there is always truth but here they conventionalize it out of all oh cried janet we're a conventional people i assure you miss bell and so are you for how could you change your spots in a hundred years the material here is conventional daudet couldn't have written for us our wicked women are too inglorious now sappho miss cardiff stopped at the ringing of the doorbell oh she said here is my father you will let me give you a cup of tea now won't you the maid was bringing in the tray i should like you to meet my father lawrence cardiff's grasp was on the door-handle almost as she spoke seeing elfrida he involuntarily put up his hand to settle the back of his coat-collar these little middle-aged ways were growing upon him and shook hands with her as janet introduced them with the courtly impenetrable agreeableness that always provoked curiosity about him in strangers and often led to his being taken for somebody more important than he was usually somebody in politics elfrida saw that he was quite different from her conception of a university professor with a reputation in persian and a clever daughter of twenty-four he was straight and slender for one thing 
he had gay inquiring eyes and fair hair just beginning to show gray where the ends were brushed back and elfrida immediately became aware that his features were as modern and as mobile as possible she had a moment of indecision and surprise indecision as to the most effective way of presenting herself and surprise that it should be necessary to decide upon any way it had never occurred to her that a gentleman who had won scientific celebrity by digging about arabic roots and who had contributed a daughter like janet to the popular magazines could claim anything of her beyond a highly respectful consideration in moments when she had hoped to know the cardiffs well she had pictured herself doing little graceful acts of politeness towards this paternal person acts connected with his spectacles his athenian his footstool but apparently she had to meet a knight and not a pawn she was hardly aware of taking counsel with herself and the way she abandoned her hesitations and what janet was inwardly calling her burne jonesisms had all the effect of an excess of unconsciousness janet cardiff watched it with delight but why she asked herself in wonder should she have been so affected if it was affectation with me she would decide whether it was or was not afterwards she thought meanwhile she was glad her father had thought of saying something nice about the art criticism in the decade he was putting it so much better than she could and it would do for both of them you paint yourself i fancy mr cardiff was saying lightly there was no answer for an instant or perhaps three elfrida was looking down presently she raised her eyes and they were larger than ever and wet no she said a little tensely i have tried tried she pronounced it but but i cannot lawrence cardiff looked at his teaspoon in a considering way and janet reflected not without indignation that this was the manner in which people who cared for them might be expected to speak of the dead but elfrida cut short the reflection by turning to her brightly when mr cardiff came in she said you were telling me why a daudet could not write about the english it was something about sappho mr cardiff looked up curiously and janet glancing in her father's direction reddened did this strange young woman not realize that it was impossible to discuss beings like sappho with one's father in the room it seems to me that it is the exception in that class as in all classes that rewards interest elfrida continued that rewards interest what might she not say next yes interrupted janet desperately but then my father came in and changed the subject of our conversation where are you living miss bell near fleet street said elfrida rising i find the locality most interesting when i can see it i can patronize the roman baths and lunch at dr johnson's pet tavern and attend service in the church of the real templars if i like it is delightful 
i did go to the templar church a fortnight ago she added and i saw such a horrible thing that i am not sure i will go again there is a beautiful old crusader lying there in stone and on his feet a man who sat near had hung his silk hat and nobody interfered why do you laugh when she had fairly gone lawrence and janet cardiff looked at one another and smiled well cried janet it's a find isn't it daddy her father shrugged his shoulders his manner said that he was not pleased but janet found a tone in his voice that told her the impression of elfrida had not been altogether distasteful fin de siècle he said perhaps janet answered looking out of the window a little fin de siècle did you notice asked lawrence cardiff that she didn't tell you where she was living didn't she neither she did but we can easily find out from john kendall End of chapter thirteen